You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. I'm Hillary Jastrom, your host for these next few special minutes. And you know the drill, before we jump into the show, it's time for the shout out that kicks everything off. Special thanks to J-Hill Marketing and Creative Services, our sister company for enabling the very existence of this podcast. We literally would be nothing without you. To check out copywriting, editing, and book editing services, please visit jhillmark.com. That's jhill with two L's. My guest today is a man I have known for several years. He also came to me by way of Ryan Stuman, who, by the way, last year referred to me as his little sister, and I melted you guys. I know you understand that significance. 12 time best-selling author and the founder of Epic Author Publishing, Trevor Crane and I discovered we have a ton in common, being that we love to help people tell their stories and get them out into the world. No matter the author he has helped, Trevor's formula for taking them to bestseller status is unparalleled. His children's book company, Super Kids Book Publishing, has a mission to help a 1,000 kids publish books, and has made his 12-year-old daughter an 11-time best-selling author. Trevor, no surprise, is also a best-selling author with a slew of titles that have dominated Amazon, dealing how to attain organization, profitability, and financial prowess in your business and life, as well as multiple other topics, some of which we will chat about today. Without further delay, please welcome my friend, world's cheerleader, my boss too, and innovative mind, Trevor Crane. Meow. That's what I have to say for the financial prowess. That's going to be my new um, my new business card, financial prowess. <laughs> financial. I don't even know where that fit in in that thing. That was awesome. But just you, you could follow me around and say that in that voice. That'd also be really cool. Like a beatbox back end. You know, you like. Poof. Yeah. Okay. Financial prowess. That's the name. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we want to rap today? We could do it. Whatever you want to do. It's no, your show. It's not my bag. <laughs> I really, really, you don't want that to happen. You don't want to see dancing. <laughs> it's it's too it's a shame that this isn't vi- visual to uh, this podcast because I told you I had the baby oil out I was going to get I was going to show you my tummy <laughs> my tummy <laughs> like that is how men should not hit on women though can we just stop and pause for a minute like no. do you want to see my abs man or do you want to see, see? my tummy yeah <laughs> i mean i want everybody to imagine abs but i was actually thinking that my six pack is is looking more like i'm holding a six pack underneath my skin and falling <laughs> like donuts <laughs> You know what, dude? We're all we're all doing that in this day and age right now. Seriously, I think it's the comfort of being married and just being in our forties, and just you know, seriously, that is exactly what it is. So we don't say abs anymore. We said, "Do you want to see my tummy?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, girl, what do we? I mean, I'm excited to be here, so thank you, and um, I can't wait to help your audience. So you know me better than they do. What What do you think we should focus on today? You mentioned my daughter. That's kind of fun, and all the kids' books. Or how can I best help you and uh, your listeners today? What should we talk about? 
Okay, so this is why I love you. Because you're like, okay, what are we going to talk about? And let's learn about how to best position this. Like, I, I already have this plan, man. I've got your questions. It's all written out. Oh, yeah? You're prepared? I am okay. prepared. I'm ready. One million percent. We first go into the elevator speech of how you got to where you are today in terms of your journey, in terms of your life lessons, and remembering that our audience is a very special group of chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs. So a lot of times they are looking for that silver lining, being able to go towards it and say, oh, how he's doing it makes sense to me. I'm getting unstuck now. Mm -hmm. So with that emphasis, then what's your journey been? Where have you been? <clears throat> okay. So I think uh, there's a big challenge in the marketplace, uh, in, the, in, in media, in marketing, in business. And that, I mean, we all want to look good. And so your audience are all people that are that are having that have had some challenges and so have i right so mm -hmm. um the thing is is that we oftentimes want to hide from those challenges so you started off introducing me in a really cool way right you you share my successes and the things i'm known for and all these books and my daughter and all the awesomeness and the truth is is that in our marketplace today it doesn't necessarily engender trust Mm -hmm. And so the cool thing is, is that where I came from and uh, my, my background story and what made me actually connect with any audience is more the challenges I went through and all the problems and the screw ups and the $2.2 million bankruptcy and the things that you one would never want to share. Like yeah. you introduced me and it sounds really cool. Like Trevor Crane, number one bestselling author of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And it sounds awesome, but it sounds like, it also sounds like a little bit of bullshit in people, excuse me, but um they don't want to listen to how awesome you are. And so the cool thing is, as much as that's what we always want, we want to look good. What I have found that helps me the most as a business owner and entrepreneur in my marketing and whatnot is to answer the question you're asking right now, which is to share with you all the struggles and vulnerabilities. Like where I came from was a poor uh, horseshoe. Uh, my, uh, my, my father's a horseshoer. So I grew up the son of a horseshoer in Phoenix, Arizona, feeling very broke and very dumb. Uh, and, and not like I'd never get ahead. And, uh, and I, and I struggled. I didn't really enjoy school. And then, um, and then I had to learn how to become successful in all of that. And then when I did, I lost it all. I've lost everything twice, Hillary. I filed a $2.2 million bankruptcy at a time when um, it was not convenient. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever convenient, but my well, the woman I was in love with, uh, we had a daughter together and she bailed on me and I lost my house and my car and all my, I had a couple cars and, and I lost everything. And I just felt like the biggest loser on the planet. And when I say that, like I'm sharing this with you guys, because if anybody's listening right now and you've ever had challenges or problems and you have skeletons in the closet that you don't want anybody to see, know, or hear about, because maybe we've all been there, is that one of the things that I think stands out so much, and I help people now write books and tell their story and share their message, is that you can take your biggest challenges, your biggest screw-ups, your biggest vulnerabilities, which is now what I honestly share almost all the time at the front mm -hmm. of my marketing and my branding, is more about the challenges that I went through. Um, I have a new program right now called Power Story that I'm trying to sell in one of my 
when people come in and they want some of my help, I, I find that most people are scared to share their power story and they don't know how to tell a story in such a way that encapsulates the challenges and rigors that they went through in such a way that people care. We're oftentimes, I interviewed somebody just recently on my podcast and for a new book I'm writing, and he said he doesn't dare to share his story because he's scared that no one's going to care. And I agree that that's the big challenge. And so I'm creating power stories, this new program. And I had to consider all of the elements that would help you, Hillary, tell your story in a cool way. Or you and I know that we help people write their story and that they're scared to share their most vulnerable things are like, Shh, I don't want to tell anybody this. I'll look stupid and people are going to judge me and not like me. And they don't want to share about the jail, the lie, the screw up, the whatever. But the truth is, is that's what the, where the power lies. Yeah, and the so- power lies in that emotional attachment. Absolutely. Because otherwise you can't you can't make that connection with the reader. Well, and lead reader, listener, I mean, I think that that's the kind of synonymous at the, the, this stage. Everybody gets your book, wants your audio book, and then they, you, now you're doing a podcast because you know people want to hear it. And then I said, why don't you look at my abs? You know, so, so I want to see it. So those are the only forms we can communicate in. And it's not one, it's all. And yeah. uh, we have the ability to connect when we, a, a better way to connect than to look how cool I am, is to find the power in our own vulnerability story, whether or not that's Tony Robbins, who that's at the foundation of all of his marketing and messaging is, hey, I was a poor kid from Mazusa, California, and I was raised in a household with four different fathers and we didn't have enough food. And he has this entire story that could make you cry. And he can tell that in an hour at one of his seminars and you can be all associated to it. And then how he transformed his worst day into his best day. And that became his message. And now he shares it, whether he's interviewed on Oprah and in the first 15 seconds that uh, Oprah or, or Larry King introduced him, Tone can tell that story, that power story now in just that elevator pitch in seconds that connects with people saying, I grew up poor, we didn't have enough food, and now I'm feeding a billion people. People are like, what? Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's that story? It creates interest and attention, and it's so much better than than Tony going, yeah, and by the way, not only did I write all those books, I also saved some people's lives as well. And Look how cool I am with my hair. But that, hold on, that's our president. Never mind. (laughs) What? Yeah, you get you get Tony and Trump mixed up. It happens. <laughs> you know, it's a frequent thing that people do. So what is so enticing to you about telling other people's stories? Because I hear that and I have a reason for helping people tell their stories, but I'm wondering what, what your answer is. So I mean, my uh I it's 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 kind of dark actually, because I believe that, uh, okay. So late earlier this year, a friend of mine committed suicide mm-hmm. and, and apparently being friends with me, uh, when I'm a pretty nice guy and I think I'm a good guy and a smart guy and an inspiring guy. And I, and I do my best to help make the world a better place. And my association with him wasn't enough. Right. And his wife wasn't enough and his kids weren't enough. And instead he committed suicide and he committed suicide before he wrote his book. And he talked to me about writing his book and we started the process and I didn't know the challenges he was going through. And I felt pretty bad about it. I'm sure everybody listening has lost someone. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and maybe there is some guilt there. And what I had to take my own lesson about out of that, that's empowering or Hillary, I'll die. Like I can't take it. I can't just focus on the negative too long or I'll just, it'll freak me out. And so 
I chose that the meaning around that for me was a call to action that my job, my mission in life is to help people share their story. And maybe what would have saved Steve's life was you, Hillary, and your story, or maybe one of the people that's listening right now, and it's your story. And that what have, what could make the difference and move the needle is not necessarily me, but maybe you and them hearing your message and how you went through your challenges and walked through your um, uh, fire and that you still were able to survive and thrive. And maybe that's the message for me that it's time for me to up my game and help everybody share their message. I mean, I want to help 10,000 people become authors and learn how to tell their powerful story and make a difference in the world. So it's about the other people whose lives that we get to share. Because here's the truth, Hillary, people out there are struggling. And they struggle with whether or not they're struggling with their weight or they struggle with their health or they struggle with their relationship or money or whatever. And you and I and everybody listening right now is really, we're, we're all really good at our little window of things that we're really good at. We've all survived. We've all figured out our thing and we have a message to share that makes a difference in people's lives. And if you and I have the ability to help another person who's struggling, what that means, Hillary, is every moment that goes by that we don't do that. Not mm-hmm. only are we letting them suffer, I believe that it's more like we're kicking them in the, in the nuts, that we're, we're punching mm-hmm. them in the stomach, mm-hmm. that we actually are causing people harm by not having the courage to share our story in such a way that can connect with them and help save them. And this came to me very viscerally in several different experiences in my life, but I truly believe that it is our duty and responsibility and obligation to find and, and, and to master this storytelling thing so that we can change the world. And I, I take that on when it is my daughter sharing mm-hmm. a silly story about Ninja Kitties when she's written some of her books. She wrote her first book when she was seven and became yeah. a best-selling author when she was eight years old, on her eighth birthday, in fact. And I believe that there's a message behind that that can also change the world. So it's dark because it's it's where the, the power comes from for me and that I'm I'm sad that there are people out there suffering. But I, I call it uh, to the forefront here because we don't know how long we're on this planet. And every day that goes by, there's somebody else that dies with, a, with, with stuff on their to-do list. And they didn't get it done. And that my book mentor didn't write his book until he was going through cancer treatments. Oh. And, and that, you know, he was able to do it when he was going through cancer treatments and he had that hour a day that he wasn't vomiting into a bucket or watching his hair fall out. He pulled out his phone and he told his story into his phone and that story was transcribed and, you know, wordsmithed by people like you and I. And then it was published and it became a number one bestselling book and it helped him build a seven figure business. And yes. then he had full recovery, which is tr- super cool too, but. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah. And so it's just, this is interesting because I think you just switched something on, which is when something bad happens, we have the tendency to say, why, why me? And when you make it bigger than yourself, when you make it bigger than the impact on your life and that it is supposed to impact other people's lives, it makes a little bit more sense. I'm experiencing this bit of pain to help other people. So you make it bigger than yourself and it pulls you out of your own trauma or tragedy by giving it a purpose. Well, Tony Robbins has now fed, let's say a billion people. I don't know the exact number, but that's one of his goals. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's hit it yet or if he's doing that every year at this stage. So he was hit with some harsh things that happened to him at a young age, right? Right. Uh, would, would he trade that? 
You know, would he, no. would he take away that that challenging thing because it really framed who he became as a man and as a leader and as and as somebody that stands for change. And so I didn't like it when my dad jumped on top of me and beat me up at one stage and there's a whole sad story about that, but it helped create the man I am today. I didn't like going through the bankruptcy, but when I went through my bankruptcy and I was on the back end of that and I was trying to build things back, I was coaching someone who was a nun, a freaking ex-nun, I guess, but she was a nun. An ex-nun? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do you become an ex-nun? Well, I've always nun had that question. She decided not to be a nun. I, I don't know why, but apparently nunnery wasn't for her. It's not for me, so I get it, but uh, I don't know. She was a nun, and then she started to not be a nun, and we were talking, and I was helping her in her business because I'm a business coach and consultant, and I, I got into books and storytelling and publishing and whatnot because my first book helped me 10x my income. So when I finally got my first book done after 20 years of struggle, of, of failing, that's this should be mm -hmm. completely clear, which is another thing I lead with, by the way, when, I'm when people ask me, how did you write all those books or do all this? I'm like, well, I failed for 20 years. That's how. you know, like Yeah, yeah. It's not as quick as you think it is to just sit down and well, it, get this book out. You had to go through 20 years no, of I figuring it out. No, I didn't have to. I was just stupid for 20 years. And then finally <laughs> I got some help, you know, so I, you know. Yeah, but, that's true. But so, so with my friend that uh, was the nun, after my bankruptcy, I was working with her and she confided in me, like let's say the second month of me coaching her in her business, that she was really struggling financially and she was suicidal. She was committing, mm. she was considering taking her own life. A freaking nun, ex-nun, right? Was considering committing suicide and like, had I not gone through, and it was because of finances. She was in debt, let's say it was $40,000 of debt. I'm pretty sure that's what the number was. It was $40,000 in debt. And because I had gone through my challenges of a $2.2 million uh, bankruptcy and all the humiliation associated to that and understanding now the path that you have to go through to go through it, like an understanding, like I thought I was a sinner. <laughs> I thought I was going to go to hell. I thought that you, I was a liar. I had a whole bunch of association to the I am a loser because of all this stuff. But because I'd gone through it, I'd already figured out that, hey, maybe that doesn't define me. You know, I'm not a loser. I'm not a liar. I may have run some of those patterns. <laughs> you know, I may have screwed up definitely and, and forced the woman I loved away from me. And she took our daughter and all that stuff. Like I could own it, but because I'd gone through it, I feel like I saved her life that she trusted me enough to tell me her truth. And then I was able to help her and she was able to build a thriving business and actually leverage her challenges into her power. All because I had the courage to acknowledge that my biggest challenges in my life were my greatest gifts. And I think that's the magic that we're all um, – and the, the sooner we realize that, Hillary, the sooner we stop fighting from and hiding from the scary shit, the vulnerabilities. Because then we're in the, mid, in the middle of it and we ask them, why me? You know what? The sooner we can just realize there is a cloud, that, that this is a gift, which is tough yeah. to take when you get handed – you know, I mean, I know that we have a lot of people that go through some health challenges or different challenges and we're like, this isn't fair and it shouldn't be happening to me. You're right. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but you're going to yeah, whine yeah. about it, bitch about it or be about it. And mm -hmm. I'd rather have you turn it into your power statement and power plan and power and, and have it become your power, whether you were burned or or, or handicapped or given a, a, a death sentence, whatever it is, man, let's change the world with that and turn it into something powerful instead of whining about it. And I'm certainly not going through or having been through half the hard stuff that a lot of people have. 
which is why I just take everything as a gift. And I try to come up with it really quickly versus wallow in my own upsetness about it. So you make a plan when -hmm. you're feeling like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm off track today. I got to make a plan to get back on track. No, no, no No plan. No, no. uh, If I feel so here's, I read a book years ago called the way of the peaceful warrior. And in that book, uh, it was one of the first books that I, I remember like this still to this day, like, like it was yesterday. Like there was this experience where this guy was trying to Dan Millman, I think is a protagonist and the author of the book. And he, um, he witnesses, he goes to see one of his friends and uh, the friend's business burned down to the ground and he was scared for his friend's life. He's like, oh my God, was my friend in this building? And then fortunately he wasn't, like he saw his friend walk up to the building that had just burned down and he watched his friend fall to the ground in grief. And Dan's heart went out to him. He's like, oh my gosh, this poor guy, like thank God he's alive. But like he saw him just wail and Mm -hmm. like fall to the ground. And then after, let's say a minute of actually maybe or two of him just grieving and snot coming out of his nose and just like feeling so bad, the man stood up, uh, brushed it off, blew his nose and just had this calm peacefulness about him. And Dan was like, oh man, how are you? Oh my gosh, what are you going to do next? And, And he was like, well, I guess it's time for me to move on. And Dan was like, like, what, what do you mean? Like, hold on. You just, your, your building just burned down. Like I saw you get upset about it. Why aren't you upset about it now? And he was like, well, you know, I, we had a good run that was five years and I guess I'm on to the next thing. And I remember as the reader going, what, like, hold on. How did he do that? Which is Dan Millman was like, how can you do that? And what it was is he chose to just look, I learned in that, like what it means to master my emotions. And it does not mean hide from them and make a plan. That is not it. When I get mad, Hillary, I don't know, but I, I just, I get mad. Like I, I go all in. If I am depressed, I go all in. If I go ahead and feel happy, I'm all in. I laugh, I cry, I go all in. Doesn't mean I should try to kill anybody. Let's pr- I try to avoid that. But I go all in and I experience the motion as deeply as I can so I can get the learning and the lesson from it. And then I move on because I just, I satiate myself in it. So when I mm-hmm. lost my friend, Steve. Like I got, I felt guilty and upset and everything. And instead of pretending I stiff upper lip, baloney, no, I go all in. Cause now when I experience the emotion, whether it's mad, sad, happy, glad, whatever it is, I can get through it instead of hiding from it. Cause now I told the truth, this sucks. And here's why. And here's, and, and they'll go in. And then, huh, have you ever seen a baby? I've got a baby right now. My son's like 15 months old and he cries sometimes, right? And he's mm-hmm. going, and sometimes he's inconsolable. Like the other night, I was up with him because he was sick and his mom was like, I'm not in this room. She went and slept in my daughter's room and I'm alone with my son in bed, right? And he's like throwing a fit. And I was like, all right, dude. So I just got up and I let him have his fit. And yeah. so like for the next, like, let's say five minutes and it sucked. My poor boy is struggling. But you know what? He got exhausted. He like ran him. He ran out of steam. He's like, uh, he couldn't scream anymore. And it was hard. I didn't like it, but it ran out. And yeah. so, no, I don't create no plan. I just go through it. And then when I'm through it, now I can freaking breathe. And now my secret to success is ask for help. Good yeah, Lord. And I love that too. And I, I really want to pause for a moment and just underscore that point because we do have some people listening 
And if you've listened to the podcast enough, you know that I talk about this. When you become suddenly ill, when your disability worsens to the point where your life changes, there's a lot of people that are stuck in anger and sadness. And part of that is not allowing yourself to get all the way through it. So I think it's really important what you said is you're just handing over that control You're moving into that emotion and saying, it is what it is. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be pissed. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to feel robbed, all of these things. And then I'm going to come out of it. That's, that is the key. Then I'm going to come out of it. So if you're not allowing yourself to fully feel, you're just kind of holding back, like, oh, I guess I'll just get through life and I'll, and I'll tamp down this emotion. I want you to think about what Trevor has said, because it's really critical to moving forward. Well, it's quicksand if you don't, as a, while we fight it, you know, it just doesn't work. So, I mean, that, that works for me, Hillary. I've seen, I've seen, it's just, if you run it through, like I try to amplify the emotions and association to everything so that I mm-hmm. can get through it quicker. And then, I like I mean, and, and so like, I will go, I'll throw my own temper tantrum as much as I can to get through it. Because now mm-hmm. I'm kind of done. Because like, what else can you do? You know, yeah. uh, like if let's say that you and I, you and I have had a, we had a client together who got mad at, uh, at us, whether they got mad at you or me or whatever, it doesn't really matter, but they were upset, right? So mm-hmm. my goal in that is not to hide from it. Like, let's just embrace it. Like, here we go. Sorry, my bad, all me. And so when I do that, when I go ahead and have the temper tantrum on myself, when I go ahead and just throw myself under the bus, regardless of whether or not it was all my fault to just assume all the responsibility, it's all on me. What? There's no stones left to throw. You know yeah. what? It's all, yeah, I learned this in, I think there was, um, how to win friends and influence people. There had to be a chapter in that book uh, about that, about how if you are, if you just to throw yourself under the bus and into, yeah. instead of trying to get defensive, holy moly, it drives me insane. And I will still get defensive, right? Like if people in my life, let's say family or my ex or things like that, like do something <gasps> wrong to hurt me. Like I'm re- like, I don't want anything that's unjust and might hurt another person. Like I get really upset about and it's not fair and I want to, wreak retribution on them, you know, (laughs) but that's not my job. Uh, So like, I just, I feel like we don't want to hide from it. The faster we can go through it, the faster we can find the lesson in the gift. I wrote one of my books. The first book I wanted to write um, is about a poem that I wrote and it's called what's the gift. And it isn't Mm -hmm. the first book I wrote. It was like the third book, I think, but it, it didn't make sense to my book mentor when I was talking to him about which is the right one to get done because my brand is not really about a poem, you know, um, but I'll share the first stanza of this with you because, uh, I feel like it's relevant because it's the core question I ask now is the question, what is, what's the gift? And if anybody wants to find that resource or get this free poem or whatnot, or my book that I give away for free now as a gift, you can go to what's the and find the details and there's bonuses. And I have a 30 day challenge with it and yada, yada, yada. I even read the audiobook for it in this poem. And I do, I put all this energy into it because the gift saved my life when I was going through the most challenging times of my life. Like, cause I was never suicidal, but I was pretty 
I was potentially, I was really upset. You know, when you lose everything and the woman you love and my daughter was taken away from me and my, the woman like left the state, I was like, this really sucks. <laughs> right. So I couldn't yeah. just wallow in temper tantrum that would not have served. So I sought the gift. And so I'll give this poem to you now. I'll just recite the first line. Uh, it's a little corny. It's not really corny. I think it's powerful. So it's, um, oh, and by the way, where this came from. I uh, woke up one night. I was trying to find words that would move me. I'd read other people's words for a long time and I'd be repeating them. And I wanted to come up with something that came from me and something that I wrote for me that came from my soul. And I sat down with a piece of paper and a pen to write something and Hillary, nothing. Zip, zilch, nothing. No, I didn't write. I didn't even scratch the page with the pen. <laughs> nothing. I got nothing. And then the next day I sat down to do the same thing. It was almost a week. It wasn't a full week, but it was almost a week. I did nothing. Hillary, I came up with zip. Nothing for me positive to say about <laughs> whatever. I, for me to come up with power words for myself. It's nothing. It was three, four days in a row. And then one night after a full day, I kept asking the question though, like, what is it that I want to write that's going to inspire me and empower me and whatever? What do I have to say? <laughs> Nothing, right? But then one night I was going to bed and I have a superpower. Um, I can fall asleep like in 15 seconds. <laughs> so when I'm, when wow. I'm done, like I, my head hits the pillow and I can be out. So I took this final breath of like before I go to sleep, not before ever, but like I took this breath uh, and I just relax into the sheets. I don't know if you've ever done that. Like on a busy day, you're like, oh my God, just can't wait to fall asleep. And you're so like exhausted and excited to hit those sheets. Yeah. And I, and I assumed I was going to go unconscious in seconds. And instead I like sat bolt upright in bed, which I never do. And this poem came to me. And it was in the dark. And so then it, it, the whole thing came to me. I've only, I'm going to share with you. There's one different, one word shifted in the entire thing. And um, it rhymed. And I'm like, what the hell did this come from? And I got up and turned on the lights and I wrote it down. And it became my, my frame, my, the core question that I now ask myself every single day, a thousand times a day. I do it. I, I repeat this whole poem that goes on for like two and a half minutes, which I won't torture you with. But uh, in, every single day, uh, in the shower and in other times. So here it is. Uh, thank you, God, for loving me and giving me the gifts I need. For every moment of every day, millions of miracles come my way. And in the morning when I rise, I see your love shining through my eyes. A reflection of you I see inside of me, guided by love I'll always be. And so let me decode this for you for a little bit because every word, every line made a difference to me. Like I, and I repeat, I've, I've repeated this a hundred thousand times. Okay. So thank you God for loving me. So God, just for me, like I do believe in God and I'm, I'm not going to get religious or anything, but I'm spiritual. And I believe that God to me is more of like an unconditional love. Like, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you, whatever it is for loving me. Thank you, God, for loving me and giving me the gifts I need. So that means all of it. You know, if you drop a, a diamond, a diamond ring in a pile of shit, it's, there's still a diamond ring in there, you know? And if it's covered, it's like, are you just going to like flush it? You know, it's your wife's ring and it fell in poop. I mean, are you still, I'm going in for it. Like, I don't like it. 
But I'm going in, thank you, God, for loving me and giving me the gifts I need. Yes, even the hard stuff. Maybe that's the stuff I really needed. Like I go to the gym and my damn trainer puts more weight on board. And I'm like, more weight? Like, really, dude? Like, I think I got enough. And he's like, you want to grow that muscle? Like, we're going to put more, more? I don't want any more. Well, you're becoming, man. You're a diamond under pressure. So thank you, God for loving me and giving me the gifts I need. I need them, right? We need needs. Like I need air. I need, you know, comes pretty, we need food, water, and air, right? But air kind of comes first, you know, cut off the air supply (laughs) becomes a pretty need. We need, thank you God for giving me the gifts I need because every moment of every day, and I repeat this so many times to myself, like every moment of every day and every moment of every day, because I've done this in so many times that millions of miracles come my way. And in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, like there's a gift here. In the morning when I rise, I see your love, God, unconditional love, universe, whatever it is, shining through my eyes. And I was confused by that for a while. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean everything I see? Does that mean when I'm looking in the mirror that your love, what? God's love, like unconditional love shining through my eyes. Holy moly, like is that God inside of me? Is that, I don't even, so it's everything. And so I take a moment when I say that to be grateful. I I open my eyes and I'm like, look, hot water in the shower, right? Or I do this sometimes under cold water and I'm like, thank God for the cold water. Like it's gifts, like I have running water. Like honestly, like I can breathe, I can see, I can smell, like all these are gifts, and there's millions of miracles coming my way. Like, holy moly, look at the technology we have these days. And I'm so grateful for my skin and for my for the iPhone. And I get into all this craziness of like millions, millions of miracles come my way. Every blade of grass, the sky, whatever. I'm focused on all that. And and then I, I wrap it out and millions of miracles come my way. Um, and then I don't remember how my poem ends. But every line, that's this the beginning. And then it goes on for like two and a half minutes if anybody cared to hear me. Um, you can go to whatsthegift.com and you can uh, check that out. I've read it because I've worked with you for a long time and I have read it, but I love that you broke it down to help us understand. And it's very true. Like you talked about dropping your wife's ring in a pile of shit, that there's still a gift in there. Like you can receive a package and it is so ugly. And I talked about this last week. It is so ugly. You don't want it. Why do I want this steaming heap of shit package? Because there's something inside that you need. You have to dig through it and you have to accept it. Every single gift that we get is not beautifully wrapped up with a bow on the top. We have to look and find those gifts. So I think that just ties in really beautifully. And then to hear you talk about your relationship with the universe too, because I was like, yes, just because I'm spiritual like that too. So I was like, yes, a million miracles, a million miracles. We think of miracles as being like these groundbreaking, earth shattering, it's going to move mountains. Sometimes the smallest miracles are the most meaningful. Well, I'm with you, girl, and um, I know we only have a short period of time to to wrap things up today, so w- is there anything else that you wanted us to, like, we, I, I didn't plan on any of that stuff. I didn't want to read you a poem today, but, uh, <laughs> uh, or recite a poem to you, but um, how, how can I help you to, to, to wrap a bow on this today? Well, it's amazing. I think you've already wrapped a bow on it. I think you've, um, anybody who's listening today who has been stuck, there are so many people who are stuck and and they're in a self-imposed prison. So I think you've um, just done a phenomenal job. And I, I want to just underscore where people can 
tap into the gifts. So I thank you so much for being on the show and uh, going rogue with me. We're just shooting from the hip today. And I really appreciate it, Trevor. Well, thank you. And um, I would love to give your audience a gift if they're cool with that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Please do. So um, I one of my uh, books recently is about helping people write their book. And um, you and I work a lot together, Hillary, doing our different things. But I believe there is a right book out there for you, that there's the right first book. Um, the gift that I just mentioned was not my first book because it wasn't the right message at first. It's a really good book and it's a really good message and it maybe it was very appropriate today. But what I would love to give your audience is um, the gift of this book because it can help you discover that voice inside of you and figure out how to transform your own uh, vulnerability stories and your own challenges into your most powerful message that can make a difference in people's lives. And so if you guys go to trevorcrane.com forward slash write a book, uh, and then you can get my book and I'll give it to you for free. And, uh, yeah, that's basically, it. it's just my free gift to everybody. Uh, if you pay for shipping, you can get that book. Or if you want us to send me an email, you're like, I don't want to pay you for shipping. Then don't uh, send me an email. I don't have to send you the book then. That's, that's fine with me. Shoot me an email and I'll send you a link to the ebook and you can have it instantly. Um, I just would love to, I, I do believe we're on a mission to share, um, our story with the world and that everybody, um, can make their dreams come true, these bigger visions and dreams if we figure out how to use what we've been given. And uh, we can make a difference with our message. I believe everybody has a voice that matters and that your voice matters if you're listening to this right now. And I'd love to help you tell that story or just if just this book was as far as it went, that's cool too. But um, that, that's it, Hillary. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Trevor Crane is writing high on life and on the new.com, which is book publishing, proving every day that people can tap into the power of their stories to change their lives. His clients have gone on to appear on major media sites and reaped hefty returns. He is the book guru, and I'm so honored to be a part of the epic author publishing team. Your takeaway today, your biggest challenges in your life are your greatest gifts. And when you need help, this might just be the tool that you are looking for, learning how to tap into your gifts. To repeat, what's the gift.com is the link that he mentioned earlier. Get started on your writing and healing journey and identify the core question you can ask yourself multiple times per day to keep moving forward. Of course, this link and the other link he mentioned to help you write your book will be available on the Sick Biz podcast blog at sickbiz.com. What a super potent episode. Keep this one close and re-listen to help you get in touch whenever you need. Now, if you are looking for a little light nighttime reading, I urge you to add my book to your nightstand. Six Success, The Entrepreneur's Prescriptions for Turning Pain into Purpose and Profit is available now at barnesandnoble.com and naturally Amazon. Please check it out and leave me a review if you do. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Until next time, be well.